Hi, welcome to the OFM podcast where metabolic health matters. Uh, I'm your host and the pioneering developer of the OFM program and general manager of Vespa Power Product, Peter Defty. And I like to have conversations because I'm curious and I, I'm just constantly on this journey to want to learn. And I learned so much from talking to my athletes. And this is how we, and I say we, not just me, we develop this program and continue to, to innovate and, and push those boundaries by, by working with the athletes I work with. And today I have Bree Lambert Sanders here to have a conversation with me. And Bree, welcome to the show. Thank you. And um, I want to give Bree a big shout out because we're, I'm going to do the unthinkable and ask Bree what her, her chronological age is. Because I want people, to, if you're watching on the video, I want you to see this. How old are you in years? I'm 54. What? <laughs> I thought you were younger than that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I feel younger, honestly, but it's sometimes I have a hard time believing it myself, which is, I mean, I just, I, I don't feel my age if that, you know, even means anything. I don't act my age. So it's all good. <laughs> it's, that, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I used to think 54 when I was in my twenties and thirties sounded so old, you know, like anytime somebody said, oh, I'm 50, I, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's, that person's old. Right. And now here I am 54 and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I'm, I'm doing this, this sport that I love. I'm competing with girls that are in their twenties, thirties, you know, forties, but uh, it's, it's been so awesome to be able to be my age. And it, I can't even believe I just said that because I just don't think it's even a thing to be totally honest with you. It, it, you know, it, but it, it, but it is my age. <laughs> right, so right, but, it. but the funny thing is, it's like you and Roxanne are still keeping it together. I mean, you're, you're both competitive runners. Roxanne won the female oh, outright at the Reading Marathon. I, I heard actually, cause, yeah, because she's a good almost friend of 60. mine. Yeah, she's amazing. And I've raced, you know, as you know, we've raced against you guys each other. have raced back and forth. For yeah, years. totally. Yeah. And it exactly. And so yeah, no, she's, she's amazing. And I, I love Roxanne. And I think she's, she's doing yeah. incredible. But the point is, is, is you're not, you're not just a single outlier. And then there's Jenny Capel, who just turned 50. And she's, that's, she, that's right. You know, so it's, it's a yeah. great thing. So 54. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so <laughs> So Bree is not just an athlete. She's a coach and a nutritionist in the San Jose area. We'll, we'll talk, we'll give her a big shout out at the end. So if you want to uh, have her have her for your, her services, we'll make sure you can contact with her. Your company is Live Well, Finish Strong. And you mm -hmm. founded that. Mm -hmm. And you, you've been doing this a long time, performance coaching. I have. I have. I've, I've been coaching, uh, you know, whether it's, triathletes, runners, general fitness. fitness, right? So I started in my twenties and I actually went back to school and worked on a master's in exercise physiology, uh, taking some master's classes at San Jose state. And then also UC Berkeley, you know, with concentrations in biomechanics and exercise phys, and then also nutritional food science. So, you know, my undergrad is in journalism and mass communications. But then when I um, was like mid twenties, I realized that I really have this passion for fitness. I just love fitness. I love 
nutrition and understanding the human body and how it works. And so I decided to go back to school and, um, and then got certified and have had, you know, the opportunity of getting certified with various organizations and then started a business, raised a daughter and um, have had just this successful, honestly, I feel like a very successful career working in the Bay Area with, uh, with executives and with athletes. And it's just been, it's just been awesome. I mean, I've really been, I feel like I'm so thankful. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're making millions and doing an IPO, but there's nothing like the satisfaction of seeing people thrive, getting yes. them over their, their, their challenges. Exactly. You yeah. can't put money on that, right? No, you can't. It's priceless. And I just feel like I have the privilege of doing what I love. I work with amazing people. Um, I've been able to, again, just support my family. And I mean, I live in a beautiful part of the state or excuse me, of the country. And I'm like, okay, pinch myself. You know, I'm, it's, it's awesome. Well, plus you're married to a great guy. I'm married to, <laughs> I am. I'm married to a great guy. Yes. Yes. Joe, Joe's, Joe's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give a plug to Joe. Yes. I'll tell him you said that. He'll love that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you've been doing OFM for probably six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I'd say you know. about that, mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. Yeah, you started talking to me about six or seven years ago. But I think the really neat thing about it is let's start, let's roll it way back to the beginning when I when you know this became my day job. Um, yep. Because that's when we first. Uh, knew of each other through our friend Rob Evans. That's Big right. To Rob. That's right, Rob Evans. Uh, and you're right. So actually, you know, I remember Rob training for Tahoe Rim 100. And I want to say it was like right around 2009, 2010. And at that time, he, so you, you had, you know, you were involved in Vespa, you'd given him some product. And I remember him telling me about it. And I was very skeptical. And, and then I'll never forget this. Then fast forward, I was running Western States in 2013 and Rob paced me and I'll never forget this. And I can't remember who you were pacing exactly, but you were out on the course and uh, Rob and I had just crossed uh Rucky Chucky river and, and, you know, we're making our way at green gate and then, and so then we hit green gate. And I just remember <laughs> Rob looking over and saying, hey, Peter, how's it going? And you and I, I can't was remember. It Ling, was it Ling Ru? I think so. Or I think so. Bruce? I think it was, it was Bruce. It was Bruce. Okay. Was Bruce. Yes. Okay. And I remember he looks over and he says, hey, that's right. It was Bruce. Hey, Peter. Hey, Bruce. And you guys were just chugging along, like just no worries. And I remember in my head thinking, oh my God, like I was ahead of that guy for a while, little while and now they're just taking off. And, and I just remember Rob looking at me and saying, you see, if you were on Vespa, you could be like, you know, just charging no worries at this point. And of course I, I was like, I was feeling it, you know, cause at that point I'm at 80 plus miles and I was, you know, I was doing pretty well. I mean, I was, in terms of women, I was, I ended up finishing that race like 14th woman or what have you. Yeah. But all that is to say, it really compelled me. You know, I remember seeing Rob's progress and then 
you know, other right. athletes that you had been. Because I remember with. Rob immediately, you were like the first person he told once we, we started working together. And it right. was, was it 2009 or 2010? Mm-hmm. He, I yeah. coached him and he ran yes. the 13th overall at Western States, had the run of his life. Yes. And, and that, that was significant for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it was still pretty woo. I mean, I, I got, I mean, back then you weren't trashing me at least, but there was no. a lot of people that were like thinking Rob and I were crazy because Rob's, Rob's, Rob's kind of out there too, right? He's willing yeah. to try things. He's a, he's a, he's a guy that's not afraid to try new stuff. And he was running with Eric yeah. Skaden and Mark Lance and, oh, they gave yeah. him a, they gave him a lot of grief about what he was doing and, and, and what I was doing. I mean, he, re- yeah. I remember telling me these things and it, I mean, it's not anybody's fault because that was the mantra then. I mean, yes, you, exactly. you did carbs and you figured out ways to get more calories in and, yep. and yep. all you know. the tradition, you know, I call it traditional, but I feel like it was just, this is just what you did. Right. So for, even right. for me, I was, I was like, wait a second, this is, this is very counter to what I was learning in university right. at San Jose State and, Berkeley. And, Exactly. And so for me, I was like, you know, like what is happening right now? And it was new. It, it was science ahead of science. Right. And so now science is supporting what you're saying, which right. to me is amazing. Right. Cause you were already ahead of it, but we didn't know you were ahead of it until now. Like you were really yeah. ahead of it. We're ahead still of ahead of it. We're still ahead of it. It's it's kind of like crazy how how what we're doing. I mean, you you're see, you're living it, right? Yes. But you're seeing, you're seeing what Jeff Browning's doing at 51. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm even me. I mean, I'm so I'm so I feel great. I mean, it's I'm excited about my season coming up, and we can get into that later if you want. But the well, fact I that I, what's that? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So the longevity of the sport, you know, this is my, I'm going into my 17th ultra season and I've done, you know, look at, look me up on ultra sign up people, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing. Cause I feel so again, grateful. And, and this is the thing, um, you know, I want more than just a bunch of ultra runners and triathletes to look at this podcast because, but going to ultra sign up is a, is a, if, if you know what you're doing, you'll be blown away because people like you or Jeff Browning, or Nick right. Curry, or Peter Mortimer, you look at their, you look at their results, and it's like, you know, you guys are racing after racing after racing. How many people have we seen come into the sport, be phenoms for two or three or four seasons, and then they drop off a cliff? Exactly. hundred percent. I've been in this. Yes. And, and, and we could, we could definitely talk about that because that is something that I understand. I see, I have seen, I've been in it for a long time now. I feel like I yeah. can talk about it from a place of actual, like, okay, I've, I've been there. I've been racing with some of these incredible athletes who now are just, I'm like, where are they? <laughs> you know? Right. right. So yeah, I agree. Well, and this is, this goes back to it. I mean, I'm not trying to guard drum. It's just, it's just, I really actually am trying to help all these people. And I know you are too in your work because People don't understand by ultra running and Ironman gives you that ability to really push things to a limit and see things that you really can't see on a, on a more less scale, but people are doing the same thing in it by at a, at a lower level by eating too many carbs and not being too sedentary, right. not getting aerobic fitness up, 
all those years I was doing it, I, you know, the, my early adopters were people like Jenny Capel, mm -hmm. uh, Roxanne, John mm -hmm. Olson, Timothy Olson. Those were, they were all people who were having serious stomach and gut issues. Mm -hmm. Serious. I don't know yeah. if you ever got that. I mean, you probably had your your share of bonks and pukes because that's what you did in the old days. And because that, unfortunately, that was seen as normal. But for mm -hmm. people like John Olson, Timothy Olson, uh, Jenny, um, who else did I mention there? Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was throwing their races. Yeah. Right. It yeah. Was, you know, John Pamier. It was it was throwing their races because right. they would we, they would get such bad GI, and that's when I I looked at the physiology as, uh, and then I started to realize, oh my God, this is these guys are actually ac accelerating their decline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't think you got quite to that point, but you knew no. that. But um, and that was yeah. that's that's how Jeff came to Jeff Browning came to me because he. He even said he was considering giving up competitive running in 2015. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I was going to bring up Jeff because I was on a retreat with, with he and Chrissy Nail and Carl Meltzer and Rock Horton. We were in Utah for an Ultraspire retreat. And I'll never forget, uh, Jeff, we were all, you know, we were there for like a weekend and we were all just kind of sitting around huddled when um, Magda was there as well and just talking about you know nutrition and so forth and I remember Jeff telling me about his challenges with you know with GI. gut having yeah. GI issues yeah and so it's it's obviously it's great to see him push through all that now and he's doing great but I, I remember specifically him sharing like he was trying to figure this out he's like gosh I gotta figure this thing out and doing a lot of yeah. different takes and things like yeah, that. He made so. the change in late 215 and hurt 100 was his first race in 2016. And he hasn't looked back. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But, but the, I guess the point is that, that you, Roxanne, you, Jenny, mm -hmm. you know, talking specifically about females. I mean, you guys have never looked back and, and never have had the problems and just have consistently raced well and trained well yeah. mm -hmm. and also live in life. Well, yeah. For sure. I mean, and I think that's it too. It's like, I, I feel like it's, it's gotta be all these components pulled together. You know, you can't just have one thing. It's gotta be a combination. And I think that we've all strived for that, you know? That's um, right. So, yeah. And, and I think that um, like for me personally, I I've never struggled with, with GI issues and I'm really grateful for that. But I think when I started using Vespa and then I changed, you know, to a OFM a nutritional profile, it did make a difference for me. And I, and it took time. I think the thing with, um, with Vespa is, and I want to put this out there is, you know, oftentimes everybody thinks that it's like a magic bullet, right? It's like, boom, it's just going to happen overnight. I'm going to feel different. You will feel different. But what I want to emphasize is that it takes time. Like it, and it takes, you know, also the discipline of understanding how to set your, you know, your nutritional plan in place so that it really works for you. Because if you don't, then you're going to walk away thinking, oh, well, you know, it's just, it, it's just a gimmick. Yeah. The you other thing I mean? about Vespa that's really hard is because people are looking for that quick fix and they want to feel that instant thing. Vespa Precisely. doesn't work that way, right? Exactly. I mean, you just, you just feel like you had a good day. 
Yes. Yes. And yes. And we've talked about that, you know, it's like, I remember running Tahoe Rim 100 in 2018 and I won for the second or third time. And I remember because I I won it in 2009 and then in 2011. And at that time I wasn't using Vespa, but 2018, I was using Vespa. And I remember the next day, no soreness. Like I literally was like, my, my crew, and I'm not just saying this, who, you know, for those of you watching, it's the truth. Like I literally was just going up and down the stairs, frontwards, backwards. And I, and my, my crew, they were like, okay, you just ran a hundred miles. I'm like, yep, I know. I feel amazing. And I really, I honestly think it was because of the Vespa. Yeah. And that was, that was Jeff when he did hurt where he, he was one month into Vespa and OFM. And he said, he said after hurt, he was, he was sending pictures to his wife because his, his legs weren't swollen. He, he he was able to do air squats. He said you used to be like totally had total edema had to walk yep. backwards down the stairs, all this yep. stuff. Exactly. He, he said I was flat floored. And, and so yep. this is, and so, you know, yeah. I, I want to constantly keep reminding people about this because this is where the value of Vespa is. And, mm-hmm. oh, and especially on when you do combine it with the rest of the OFM protocols, because it gets that's, stupid, right? That's right. That's right. That recovery is actually not recovery per se, a little of its recovery faster, most of it, 80, 90% of it is you prevented damage, cellular exactly. damage in the first place, yes. right? Yes. When people get that they're not damaging their cells, their mitochondria mm-hmm. by burning all that sugar and having all that lactate load to deal with. Yes. It's, it's huge. And, and yes. this is what I, this is, this is what we've been seeing. And, and not only that with the data we've seen, and, and you can corroborate this with your own anecdotal experiences it allows your body when you do a workout instead of recovering from the damage your body's actually working to get stronger and fitter right it's an adaptive right. it, it says to your body i need to get healthier i need exactly. to get stronger faster exactly yeah it's that adaptation that then happens because yeah. you're stressing it but then you're also not stressing it to the point that you're tearing down and that's i right. think that's the benefit of as you said that is the benefit of vespa is it helps that you know, um, prevention, I guess, or whatever you want to call it from happening, that tear down that at the, the cellular damage, level. Yeah. Yes, it, exactly. It's kind of yeah. funny because I looked at Jeff's ultra signups this fall, like around September. And I took his, his results from hard rock to hard rock because mm-hmm. hard rock 21 was the 16th of July. Hard rock 22 was the 15th. So a full mm-hmm. year cycle. Right. And he was doing something big every six weeks. Yeah. Big, yeah. big. So he was basically going from one race, getting the adaptive stress on race and then peaking again, six weeks, six to seven weeks later. Right. Right. He did like nine different, yeah. different, nine different co- big things and mm-hmm. won several of them. Several were record setting course mm-hmm. record or an FKT. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. his lowest finish was, the, was, was, fifth place at both hard rocks mm-hmm. that's right that's right but, yeah. but he was doing this you know he was doing just just going from race to race yeah um, yeah and and the thing with with jeff is you know that's great he does the sport yeah. and he has the he has the opportunity to do that you know 
not everybody does. And so right, it's right, like, no, that's oh, his day job. That's his day job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, I know I love that. However, all that is to say is that I feel like it, it, it's encouraging because it means that other, other people, you know, can certainly expect to see some results, you know what I mean? So, and, um, I mean, even right. And even for me, I mean, you know, for the last few years, things have been a little crazy in my world. You had some stuff on the, on the personal level that were precisely. Yeah. You had to back away from things. Yeah. Right. So I mentioned, not to mention the pandemic. Well, I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The truth be told, but the other side of it is, is that I'm excited because this year I get to now, I feel like I'm finally back to where I was before everything started going a little bit not so in my world. And I'm using that word very loosely because uh, it's very God, serious. That's, that's, that's right. Because I think the last time I saw you guys was in 2019 or early 2020. It, no, the last time you saw us was in 2017, 17, 18. Yeah. 2018, I want to say, because then, 18, I, yeah. yeah, because that's, that's the year that we lost my mother-in-law. We okay. Lost her yeah. Cause I, I, yeah. 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 So I, that, that was, and then the pandemic. 2018 then, yeah. Yes. And so, so now since then I feel like, okay, this year is really the first year. I feel like I can finally get into that rhythm of racing. Again. I had like a five year stint of four or five year stint of just craziness. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I know you could in, in 2020, no, nothing was happening. So yeah. that's, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I want to bring up Jeff one other time, just so we can sure. help the audience understand that you're not, you're not a freak of nature. Jeff's not a freak of nature because Jeff's Jeff shared with me, you know, we come from similar backgrounds. We both grew up in farms and mm-hmm. my dad wasn't a full-time farmer. Jeff's dad was, but he was a farmer in Missouri. They did, mm-hmm most Americans do. And Jeff says, you know, people think I'm a different, but like you, he's into his health. He's into his nutrition. He's into his lifestyle. He's mm-hmm. paying attention to those things. Whereas his parents, they both died of complications of the typical things. They, they didn't know better. It wasn't like they were trying to trash their bodies. It, you know, they're hardworking. And, he, and his brother do, is, is a very different, looks like your average American from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And it's not, we don't want to bag on him, but it's like Jeff's, Jeff's not doing Jeff's no different than anybody else. And Bree Lambert isn't anybody different than anybody right. else. Peter yeah. might be. Peter and Rob Evans, we might be a little different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah. But, but no, that's a good point. And actually, I know, I don't know if you know this, but my dad was a rancher and a trucker and, and a truck driver yeah. in, in Central Valley. So, yeah. and He's from so, my hood. Yes. And so my, and my grandfather in Kingsburg. Yeah. And so my grandfather had about a hundred years he ago. Wasn't sweet, he wasn't Swedish. Dirty, dirty, dirty. No, no, <laughs> no. But you know, I have Spanish Portuguese, Spanish Portuguese. My grandfather actually died of colon cancer and did not have the best diet to be frank. And I recently lost my father just yeah. um, last month. I, I guess all that is to say lifestyle is, and then nutrition is so important. And when you don't have the knowledge or the understanding, it just makes it really difficult, you know, it makes it hard for your body to recover and to 
operate efficiently. Let's just leave it at that. So I feel very fortunate that I understand nutrition the way I do. And I've made, you know, changes to my diet over the years that I think really works for me personally, but also as an athlete. Well, also, I mean, and, and look at you, you know, you're, 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 you're not aging. You look great. Mm -hmm. You're still attractive. And, and, you know, (laughs) you are, I mean, seriously, I mean, you're 54, right? You know, there's no plastic surgery, no lifts, nothing like that. What you see is what you get there. And, and people, people want to know what that longevity is. And it's, it's, it's that combination of not doing this damage of the oxidative stress, right? The cellular mm-hmm. damage, but all, and then also getting the right nutrition combined with the right adaptive stressor. Right. Your body rejuvenating itself. Exactly. Yes. And by the way, I do have a great skincare regime. So if anybody is interested, let me know. You can always message me. And I'll tell you my skincare secrets because one of the things that I hear a lot is, oh my gosh, your skin's not all up. Like you're not all dried out. You don't have all these you know what I mean? It's funny when yeah. people meet me and they, they discover what I do. They're like, wow, you're outdoors all those hours, days a week, months, yep. years. And I'm like, yeah, because I really work hard to also take care of my skin. And so that's a whole nother subject. Yeah, but- it is. It is and, and, and that'd be great if we could share that on the pot in the notes, but sure. um, a big part of that is the fact that you are metabolically fit you and then that exercise the sweat that's right turnover yep that's a big thing and and what led to the faster study was a little not well-known study called the western state study mm-hmm. that went on it was done in 2012 okay and we we got a bunch of we it was jeff bollock and steve finney and i got a bunch of athletes we got the western states board to approve it and jeff's at university of connecticut at the time their their board their irb approved it it was really weird because it took him six months to approve this thing because they did not understand they didn't want to approve it because they thought it was just brutal but they didn't until jeff got them to finally understand these people were already doing this race Mm -hmm. and they were already doing this these dietary protocols it wasn't they were just going to take data they weren't going to force these people to do anything they did this. So what they saw, and they were taking cheek, uh, cheek cell swabs, uh, yeah. because you can get good readings, but the data was compelling from that because what they saw was the race caused massive oxidative stress on everybody. Oh, right. But the fat adapted athletes, all my athletes, two days, their, their, their fatty acid came right back to normal within wow. two days like bounce right back whereas the other people were just still in the ditch wow the wow and that's that's a big thing with your skin and 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 the thing is is somebody like you or me i don't wear sunscreen i mm-hmm. i i sweat i sweat a lot and mm-hmm. i i use i i've got my skin inoculated with a bacteria that helps generate nitric oxide and it keeps me from stinking so bad uh, <laughs> it really it works but the, the, the point is that you have this adaptive stress of the sweat. You're, you're naturally moisturizing your skin. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting sunlight, which you're supposed to get to generate vitamin D and all the other metabolites. Because Michael Hollick, who's the world's top researcher in vitamin D, 
he says that they suspect there's probably a dozen other compounds that's made through the photosynthesis along with vitamin wow. D. It's a very yeah. dynamic process. So we're meant to get skin, we're meant to get proper sun exposure and, and both you and I get a lot. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and people yeah. wonder why here we are, I'm in my 60s, you're in your 50s and and we don't have all the wrinkles on my- Yeah, um, yeah, you look great, you look great. Awesome. Yeah, I, I look good. I wish I had more. Hair. <laughs> I wish I had more hair here. I got it growing everywhere else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, but, but I, mean, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and people, and it's like people who are eating a lot of carbs, staying out of the sun so their vitamin D is tanked. Right. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. Right. Right. Exactly. And. So I don't know if you're familiar with Andrew Huberman, but um, he, Andrew Huberman, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he's always saying, you know, it's important to to get out in the sun. You know, of course, you know, we, we know there's degrees of that, right? I mean, we're not saying go out there and just bake yourselves and put a bunch of sunscreen on and fry your skin. It's just, but his whole thing of you know, rest is important. You know, sleep. Um, oh, absolutely. Good, good nutrition, you know, sunlight is key. I mean, it, it's, those are the fundamentals. I feel like if you can understand them to, to wellness, ultimately, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, like this isn't rocket science, but you have to be comprehensive and, and people, right. like you say, people, like you said earlier, people want to glom onto some magic pill or magic diet or magic yes. training. Routine. And it's, yes. it's like, like I say, you're being given a one-dimensional solution to a multi-dimensional thing, which is you. You're not one-dimensional. You know, the individual right. is not one-dimensional. Exactly. And that's right. true. Exactly. So it's, that's the other thing is that it's, it does take time to sort it all out, but you, you know, I feel like if you have information and you can start making adjustments in your nutritional profile and then implementing things like Vespa, that are going to really, I feel like, accelerate, you know, oh, yeah. It's, then, it's, yeah, or, or restricting your carbohydrates, eating whole foods. These are all tools. Vespa is a tool. Precisely. Right. Precisely. Right. Versus, oh, I'm just going to drink this shake or eat this bar and it's going to do it all. And it just, right. it doesn't happen that way. Right. And there, there's, let, let's let's give a shout out to people like Magda Goo and and well yes and I there's, do there's yes. a time and a place for those hundred percent and I, I I have honey stinger gels I use honey stinger gels I have waffles sorry I'm not a Goo person I apologize Magda but and she, I think yeah. she knows that but anyway <laughs> yeah no it's all good it's like like use whatever you what, what works for you on race day and that's it. It doesn't mean you just used your Vespa and expect, and that's the other thing, right? People think, oh, well, am I just supposed to use this Vespa like it's like a gel? And that, and we've talked about this before. No, that's that doesn't work. <laughs> you, need, no. you need calories, like you need you need. You just fuel. don't need. You just don't need as much as you think you need. Correct. Because Correct. you have it on. You have most of it on your body. It's like like Pareto's law, eighty twenty. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. On race day. On race day. If on you go race on, on a training run, I mean, how many days have you done trainings on Vespa salt and water, Vespa electrolytes and water? Oh, most of them. Most of them, I know. Most of them, seriously. Like, and, and isn't it a wonderful? Thing? 
What's that? Isn't it a wonderful feeling to not have your body trying to digest while you're exercising? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, and I have to tell you, I have a lot of friends who are, or family even, honestly, that are saying, wow, you know, don't you think you should wake up and have something in your, you know, put something in your stomach, have a big breakfast, or, you know, you're going to go out for a number of hours. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Like, this is it. Like, I don't, I don't need to get super intense here with yeah. a bunch of calories and my body's going to take care of it. And it does. I mean, it's essentially, like you said, water electrolytes and that's no, it's, it's great. It's crazy. It, it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to make a point about with referring to Andrew Huberman and the science and yes. here's the thing when you, when you, cause I, you know, I'm the guy that does the deep dives. I go down the rabbit holes. You know that, right. You can't yes. get me to shut up when I start talking, but, <laughs> but what, I, you know, the more I go down, it's like I say, and, and this is true humbly, the more I learn, the less I know there's mm -hmm. just so much. There is, uh, yeah. And there's so many variables. And that's why having a coach to work with you or to work out your individual variables is so important. But the point I want to make about our OFM approach, getting yourself back to that, that, that thing is the science is complex and it's dynamic and it's very individualized. However, yeah. talking about those basics, the ex execution is remarkably easy once you can let go and quit trying to micromanage it i mean mm -hmm. you know it's just and, and i think that one of the things i like about ultra running is like the first time i did a trail run it reminded me of hunting when i was a kid mm -hmm. just being on the trails all day it just exactly. felt natural right and i yeah. think that the whole ultra running or the fast packing or the hiking thing that that type of lifestyle particularly aids in getting you into that zone of execution where it's just very seamless and natural right because you know now that you're you've been doing it for several years do you ever think about what you eat do you ever count the macros no you don't or, or you don't and you know you need to work out if you've been lazy or yeah. if you're overtraining. you know you yeah. need to take a day off yeah. it's just it just kind yeah. of works out that way and and Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of other sports have become very metric and data-driven and technology-driven. Mm -hmm. And you see people go nuts, you know, like, mm -hmm. like the triathletes where they got the, the crossbar of their bike at the <laughs> one taped with 20 gels on the crossbar, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and they're-, yeah. they're yeah. It, Exactly. I mean, it's like this very conventional way, right, of of doing a sport or doing anything like you just think this is you're hanging on to this you know conventional thinking that i think is is uh, to me it's it's not going to be good for you i mean i think if you can expand your mind like for me it was hard as i said at the beginning of this discussion you know at first i was like wait a second like how does this vesco work and i was so skeptical about it until i really started to do a deeper dive myself and then started to make some changes and then i started to see the results but I had to let go. And I don't think you're going to get, you're not going to get it unless you are willing to expand your mind and try something different. Yeah. Right. Because it is a shift. It's, it's, it's a shift. It's, it's, a, it's a leap that. of faith because the conventional yeah. system has everybody looking at these external metrics, right? Exactly. Yeah. Instead of trusting your own innate body to deliver. And it's like, people have to stop and think, we've got thousands of calories on us. Exactly. I, 
it's hard because because then you don't want to get into this whole thing of oh you know we're poo-pooing the industry that is making all of this stuff right because you know the goos and the hammers and the you know all these companies I mean obviously they're there they have a purpose however it's just that we have to get out of this mindset that that should be automatically expected of us to assume that we're going to need to do like a gel every 45 minutes and a waffle. You know what I mean? That we get into this. Some people like, do a gel every 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. I've, I've actually raced girls that are having GI issues on the course as I'm passing them. And I say to them, what's going on? And it's like, oh, well, I had, a, I had too many gels. My stomach is blowing up. And I'm like, well, what have you been doing? Oh, I had gel every, I think one girl told me she had a gel every 25, 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's way too much, you know? And I'm like, stop what you're doing. And this this is my advice. Stop taking gels and just drink water, sip on water and just keep salt salt and water, salt. Yeah. Just, and I've said this to a number of different athletes in general on the course, you know, while racing, just pull back everything, simplify and just keep going. For the last four or five years, I've gone out with Tim Tweetmeyer during the golden hour. Yeah. Right. And and we pick up the stragglers to help them so they can make it, make the cutoff, right? Jill, and Cole. Then Jill Cole was one of them. Yes, right? yes, Jill, shout out to Jill. Jill. <laughs> I did that, and I've done that every t- year. I give them awesome. an S-cap, yep. water, and a yep. Vespa Ultra Concentrate, and they get running, and Jill, Jill was the last runner we picked up. Yes, and yes. She, was, she was in dead last, dead last. Tim, Tim let, picked up the people before he, her uh-huh. and last. I gave her an S cap water and a Vespa Ultra country. She passed both people. She got <laughs> running and she was a hero, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, it's on YouTube. I mean, it was like, <laughs> so many people are just like, oh my gosh. And she, she was she running. Said, yes. I was yeah. watching it. It was, I was watching the live stream and I remember seeing you thinking, oh my gosh, there's Peter. Peter's picking up Jill. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, well, you know, I got my, I got, you know, I got to go find my women somewhere <laughs> when they're half anyway. dead on the trail and they're sort of receptive to me. <laughs> but she, but beware, she, beware of naked men bearing Vespa. <laughs> but she was so cute. Cause afterwards she said, Oh my gosh, Peter just, it was like, you came out of nowhere. He hands me a Vespa. I have my water, my salt. And then she, had another year yeah yeah that's great yeah Yeah, and that 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 happened every every year i do that and every year they get going because you know by that time they're trash so yeah it's kind of um it's kind of interesting because we have this body you know our bodies are meant to burn yeah that right right Mm-hmm. And, and right before this, this, this podcast, I was talking to Nell Stephenson, the paleoista. She worked with Lauren Cardane when the paleo diet oh. first came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. So I, I, I coach her on, on stuff like this for a competition, and she's getting ready to do the LA Marathon. She asked me, she was actually asked me, what's the pitch I give these people? Because they say, well, Stacey Sims says this, women need carbs, and I can't mm-hmm. do what you do. Because Nell is like, I've got Nell dialed in. And, mm-hmm. and that was the missing piece because the paleo diet, I don't know if you know, but Lauren Cordain, he was like in that conventional educational thing. And he didn't understand that your liver can make all the glucose it can from fat. 
So mm -hmm. that's why the paleo diet always had that fruit. And you, you could have all these things because he thought you needed the glucose from right. an extra source. And I remember mm -hmm. Jeff, Jeff Bollock and Steve Finney trying to explain that to him. And he initially didn't understand that because just like with you, that's what the, the, the education. So you're not the only one. That was just what mm -hmm. was taught mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. But we got her dialed in and she's just, I mean, ever since she's been doing this, but I was telling her how she was asking me this because, you know, Stacey Sims wrote that book, Roar, and she's been kind of like, okay, and I'm not, I'm not saying she's wrong about it. It's just very contextual. And that's like, females need to become better fat burners, but they're being told this message that, oh, no, you can't, you're a female. It's like, no, females are designed to be the, the ultimate fat burner, because as I say, the reason women, women, women have sensitive more sensitive hunger triggers mm -hmm. they they they'll save more they'll store more fat real easily but it's all for a reason they're they're hyper fat burners because it's like i say they're they're eating a woman in far as far as biology me as a bi my biologist had on right mm -hmm. a woman's role in nature in that cycle of life mm -hmm. is you're you're made to eat and save for two mm -hmm. because late gestation, childbirth, lactation, right? Your hunting gathering skills aren't very good, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And right. you can't depend on the male to be around. That's right. That's right. right. Well, I mean, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you have to be pretty much self-sufficient. And that's, that's why women put it on more. But when they, when they get to that late gestation, childbirth, lactation, they kick their fat burning gets in kicked into overdrive. And just like you or Roxanne or Jenny or any of the gals I work with, you can get people, females. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can get females to do it. It's just that you have to work on, on, like you say that, uh, like we're talking about that multi-dimensional paradigm. And, right. and one of the things I wanted to bring up about the carbs was was the other big factor that's just as big a deal as too many carbs in the diet is too much stress in the diet or too much stress in the life right well yes that's that's true very and, true yes and, and, and you know you see that with all these yeah. type a yeah. people who are trying to be perfect you know whether yeah. they're triathletes or health conscious people and mm -hmm. and that stress about being perfect in their diet or their workout or whatever yeah. is yeah. just as bad a thing as the as the donuts. Well, and it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I was having a conversation about this with one of my clients today. She's a attorney, you know, very successful attorney. She works with a lot of, you know, pre-IPO uh, companies here in the Silicon Valley. And she, you know, was an early founder of Microsoft. Um, and anyway, we were talking and she, you know, she's a high performer, so to speak, very, you know, Everything is very uh, type A, very type A driven. Yes, very right. calculated, very successful. Is you know has is has children and and you know I Does I she love have her. a husband. She has a husband. Yes, really? wow. she has a husband, and for a long time. Yes, wow. I know. That's really uh, successful. Yeah, but you know she sometimes comes to me and she's like stress to the max and she's saying you know i need to get this weight off what do i do you know so i'm coaching her on not just fitness but also nutrition and but one of the things you were talking about today specifically to your point is cortisol 
you know, stress and just how it will kill you. It just, Physiologically, you, know, it, you might as well be eating Snickers bars. That's it. That's it. M&Ms. Yeah, I just said, <laughs> I, she's, she's like, what do I need to do? And I said, you need to stop stressing out. You need to stop trying to control everything. You need to relax, you know, meditate. Well, just you know, and you can, if you talk to, her, talk to her again, tell her you talk to, you know, the guy you work with, Peter, the crazy guy. But here's another <laughs> thought of mine. Here's another thought of mine. Yeah. is it's particularly endemic in type a females right now these driven high performing females yes. and, and and this is my thinking of course it's my somebody can label me as a toxic male because it's coming mm -hmm. from me the male right yeah. i got hair on my chest uh <laughs> all that stuff but thinking about it as a biologist i think that one of the reasons that draw underlying thing that drives these women to have such high cortisol and stress and the weight is because they're fundamentally because of their drive and because of that messaging they're in fundamental conflict with themselves because women mm. are meant to be nurturing they're meant to be mothers yeah that's um, interesting and, yeah. And, yeah. and this the modern thing where they're trying to be mothers and raise kids and, and have this career career, yeah. career it's, yeah. that's that's a that's because that, yeah, that biological instinct to be a mom to nurture and is yep. it's just so hard whereas guys don't have to deal with that we're meant to go out there and charge and conquer and maybe get eaten up in the process or or survive and 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 win or whatever but we don't have that conflict we don't look at at, at you know yeah. that, that mothering instinct the same mm -hmm. way now can that be channeled to help them be successful in the curse absolutely i'm not saying yeah. it can't but I yeah. do think there's this, you know, like I say, women want to nest, men want to conquer the world. We mm. want a place to come home to, but we still want to go out and conquer the world. We're not, whereas women, that nest is, is it's just a fundamental, you know, yeah. you, and, and the good thing about this is, is women have this biological anchoring and stability mm -hmm. because of that, you know, uh, right. Right. Yeah. They're much more grounded. Whereas, you know, males are on self-destruct. They don't have a reason to, a real <laughs> reason to, you know, a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, like one of the things I really identify with about Joe is he has a sense of purpose. He's not there for the money. He's there to help athletes do better and coach yes. them and be better. And he's into seeing people do better. And that's, you know, that's a good grounding. And, and that's very attractive to a, to a real woman. Mm -hmm. That's a compliment to you there. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. You got you. a, you, you got a yeah. guy that that that's a man. It's not about the money. It's about the mission. And it's about, a, you know, he stays healthy, stays fit, but it's about a a a, a sense of purpose bigger than himself. Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. And that's a that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that because I, yeah. I, I but I, I think that that's that's something. And I've had this. I've actually had this conversation with some of my clients who are just like your female mm -hmm. attorney clients, and it's like, oh. And, mm -hmm. and on, this, on the other hand, I've had this conversation with some of my male clients that, you know, because they're, 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 the, they're at this point in life where they've achieved, they've made it, right? right. They've arrived. And yeah. now they don't, they don't know what to do because they don't have the challenges. That's, that's right. The, so for a male, that's, that's the conundrum for them. So it's kind of yeah. an interesting. And all these things are stressors that if you're not aware of them and, and not dealing with them, they really can impact your health and performance and your aging. 
Exactly. hundred percent. I can't agree with you more. I think you nailed it. That's exactly right. Without oh, no, a doubt. No. I'm, I'm a toxic male. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you're not toxic, Peter. Oh man. No, but I appreciate you saying it. Cause that's a really good way to put it too. You know what I mean? It's like, I think our society has, I mean, obviously we can go on and on about society, right. And their messaging right. and, and the expectations and, you know, as a mom, you know, I have a daughter who's almost right. 22. I, I, I know, I know that I know just by, by knowing you well enough and seeing, I mean, even though your daughter's older and it's college, she's still, that's still it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, I stopped the world for her, you know, and that's she's, right. and she knows that. And, you know, I try to give her as much room to be her person and support her. But, you know, I still have my little mom things that I do. And, you know, I still sort of, you know. They're, they're not little mom things. They're big mom things. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, she's seen me. I mean, from the time she was in the womb, I mean, she knows even before she was born, I was an athlete. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's really cute when I see these Instagram posts that go up with these moms, you know, these new mom athletes. And I'm like, man, too bad Instagram wasn't around when I was, you know, racing Xterras and I gave birth to my daughter and was at the Xterra world championships when she was like six months old. You know what I mean? I would have been like blasting that stuff all over social media um, because it's super cool, you know, and it's awesome because I've lived that, you know, and, and, and I'm really, I'm really grateful. And my, and so to get back to my daughter, you know, she's, she's seen me, she's seen her mom, who's, you know, mom, the athlete, you know, mom, the, the mom, you know, being mom and going to the school events and then mom, the career woman. And it's, you know, and she knows that I really strive to have as much balance in my life. And I influence her that it's important to have time for her to take the time to try to feed her body, good things, feed her mind, good things, make sure she gets lots of rest, you know, and not allow uh, the world and all the stuff going on in it to just because it will swallow you up, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, let's all you up. That. Yeah. yeah. So I just, you know, she is in that place in her life and her friends and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, as you as we know. But all that is to say is I really try to emphasize to her, you know, her name is Summer Blue. You know, you got to take care of you. You want to, you want to be healthy. You want to be happy. You got to take care of yourself. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is like, that's the conversation with these type A females is, you know, yeah. okay, you don't have to excel in all this. You have to take care of yourself because you can't take care of anything else. You can't take care of yourself. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so uh, I think this, you know, this biological grounding, because one of the, one of my clients and, and, and part of my team is Dr. Linda, Frazier, who I just did a podcast, a couple of podcasts with. Mm -hmm. And I even said to her one time, you're just in complete alignment with your, with your femininity because, you know, she went to college, went to med school at Davis, was in med school, got pregnant, had a kid, started raising a family, became a pediatrician, right? Mm -hmm. So her profession was in line with the whole mothering instinct, had to raise her family, had grandkids. Now she's coaching the Buffalo Chips youth thing. And she's running and racing, you know, and along the way, like she even talks about publicly is, you know, she was trying to be healthy and got into the whole high carb, low fat thing. And it, mm -hmm. it 
had some impacts on her, but now she's coming back from it. She found the primal, like Jeff, she found the primal diet, made some improvements, wasn't complete. And then she found me. Right. And right. Just like Jeff, it's kind of like when she got the OFM and Vespa going, she ran, she ran a lifetime PR at six, the age of 64 uh, oh. in, in October. I saw that. I think you, yeah. sh- you that was shared. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, really. But, that's but, great. But, but but that's why I say is like she's a good example of this because the way she's living her life, especially now that she's OFM, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, right. but she's got a little. She and her husband have a little place up in the foothills outside of Plasherville. They got goats, dogs, cats. Oh, they got grandchildren awesome. in Sacramento, that's and great. yeah. Doing you know, she's retired from full-time pediatrics, but she does some she does some pickup work in the detention centers. She goes down to Central and South America to do volunteer work, that's and awesome. it's just it's just really. But that's that's like, you know, she's not fighting her biology, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and so i'm not suggesting that somebody who has that career in that in what was what was traditionally a man's world can't mm-hmm. have both but they have to be aware of that biological anchoring of their yeah. femininity and mm-hmm. pay attention to it and channel mm-hmm. it in a way that works for them because otherwise there's a con- there's a constant conflict because they're trying to be good at their careers because right. you know and they're trying to be good at at mothering, whereas guys can bifurcate really easily. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, they, yeah, yeah. They, de- definitely, they don't, that, they don't have all that, and that stress, like we we're talking, is is physiologically that stress is just it just wrecks people, and and it, and it really keeps them from getting their metabolic health where it really should be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what do you got on the docket for this year, Tahoe Rim? So I am not doing Tahoe Rim. I decided I was going to let Roxanne do it. I'm going to I'm going to let Roxanne do it. Yeah, we we all we saw each other there last year, and then I guess she had an injury, and so she couldn't do yeah, it. She, and, she had a spinal a spiral fracture right before the race. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know exactly, but anyway, I I ended up doing it, but then dropping at mile fifty, and so anyway, I was hoping to go for my fifth finish, and I just. Honestly, I have no reason other than to say I just wasn't feeling it. And I just got to mile 50 and I just said, I'm done. (laughs) So I, I mean, and it was hot and there's some other things, but you know, I just, I just didn't want to push through that. And I said, it's okay. So I, I ended up actually ended up fast forward competing at Rio del Lago in November and was um, sixth woman. So at Rio del Lago. So I'm pretty at happy 54, about that. 54 or 53? At or 54. Yeah. 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 yeah six, six women overall. I could have finished top three. Uh, Beverly Anderson Abs took second. I love that woman. But the reason why I ended up falling back was because I had some issues with my shoes. And that's a lame excuse because I'm very seasoned, but I just had some shoe issues and just a couple of other things that didn't quite line up. And it threw my race and, you know, I mean, nothing nutritional at all. I felt great, but I'm happy with a sixth place finish. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty happy with that. And uh, so this year I'm going to race Black Canyon, hundred K okay. next a, month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to go out there and race that for the first time. Uh, feeling really good. I was just there two weeks ago, uh, checking out the course 
Um, and now I have a good understanding of the entire course. So I'm going to go race uh, that event. And then I have Boston, the Boston Marathon in April. Okay. okay. In May, I'm going to race the Walk 100K. In me July, walk. I love the name of it. Me walk. <laughs> I love, I love me walk. That's a, that's a favorite. And then, so that's early May, uh, July. I have speed goat 50 K that's okay. a UTMB, you know, uh, qualifier. series point, point. qualifier yep. for the stones. And then I have the bear, the bear 100. I think Jeff's racing bear this year. I'm excited about that. Cause I've never, I've done Wasatch, but I've never done the bear. So I'm excited about the bear. Um, okay. And then I have the big thing about the bear is the cold weather at night. Yeah. Well, I raced Wasatch. So okay. I ran and which is only what, two weeks before the bear. So I, yeah, but I, there, that two weeks can be, that really? two weeks can be make a, a difference, difference. Because, okay, so, because, yeah. because of the latitude and where the bear is, it can get oh. everybody. I've, I've, I've had a lot of athletes mm -hmm. do the bear and it gets cold at night. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, my, the bear is, is my big hundred, then New York marathon, and then the quad dipsy. Oh God, the quad dipsy. <laughs> I, I swear to God, John manager must've been one of those kids that, that tortured animals when he was a kid, because you look at his races like Lake Sonoma quad. Dipsy, yeah. It's like they're, they're sadistic. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. I remember I was there one year and Jen Shelton came in from the that. first loop yeah. and, and she said, I'm done. And she's like, had a 20 minute lead over second place female. She said, I'm done. I'm like, I'm like, why are you doing this? And now I get it. It's like, that woman was really intelligent. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's like you come in after the first section, you know, that first out and back, you know, yeah. just instant and back. And it's, yeah. And you get to do it again. So, I mean, I'm happy I, I finished fourth there, fourth and seventh overall, you know, wow. after 50. So there you have it, you know, so, so I'm excited. Yeah, you, you can keep it going after 50 and that's, that's the wonderful yeah. thing. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. one of the things we're trying to do and you're going to be part of this, I'm going to rope you in is we want to really push the out, the, this idea of metabolic health because we're all living it mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and i i'll admit i listen to npr but i'm just appalled at how unbalanced the reporting is yeah. and and it's like if you look at the data and you actually step back and look at this from a different perspective than the standard medical intervention type of acute medical intervention it's like, this is nothing but a metabolic health crisis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, when I, when I, when this first came out, as soon as the genome was sequenced and out, I looked at the primary literature and I looked at it and said, oh, as coronaviruses go, this is actually a middle of the road virus. I know that sounds kind of epically silly saying that because it's a panic pandemic, the average person, but it really, it was, it was not as virulent as the SARS-1 back in 2002, or the MERS, or the swine flu. It wasn't actually as deadly. The problem is with the furin cleavage site, it was way more transmissible. Right. And, and so, I, I, I actually got the swine flu. Yeah. And that was bad, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it came, but it came on and then it, and then I, and then it was gone. You know, right, it's like, but, I, you're, but you're, but you're metabolically healthy. Yeah. 
this is the thing is like Dr. Kathy, one of one of the people I, I work with regularly, she's a client, she's a friend, she's part of my team. She was in New Jersey getting the transfers at the beginning of the whole thing. So mm -hmm. she was working the whole thing, never got vaccinated, but she was she's like livid about this because she says everybody in the ICU had multiple complications. Yeah. Almost all of those were preventable. Yeah. And, and nobody's talking about this. So we want to, you know, I don't want to bag on that too much, but but basically this is a wake-up call. The people need to be metabolically healthy because it's like viruses replicate glycolytically. So if your cells burn glucose and obesity, hyperinsulinemia, diabetes, those are things that people were getting serious COVID cases out of, right? Because their cells are programmed to burn sugar, which means it's going to facilitate viral replication. And so, and I've had, I've had the, the I've had natural uh, immunity twice. First time I got it in July of 2020. I didn't even know I had it till I got over it. Mm. Wow. I thought, I thought the symptoms I had was because I was running in 105, 107 degree heat. You know, I had a bit oh. of a headache. I had a bit of a sore throat, had a bit of body aches, right? When you run in the heat, that's yeah. kind of what you feel exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, yeah, well, I've, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, on the fifth exactly. day, I felt so much better. I, I was running every day in it and I felt so much better. Like, oh, I know. It's because I was helping my friend who had a really bad case. Um, I had to physically help him. He came, he went to Arizona and got that in July of 2020, there was that outbreak in Arizona and he was in Arizona, came back with it, was sick. So I had to help him, help move him around. And I, I just got it, never knew I had it. And then I ran across the years in 21, untrained and it was cold and wet and I didn't take care of myself after and I got the that Omicron. It was a cold. It was basically a cold for a week. I wasn't right. in bed, but I was just, I was just had a, a prolonged cold and, and right. didn't worry about it, but, but it's but like, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, and that's the thing is like, when you look at the data of who's getting sick and dying of natural infections, it's it, the, the markers are, are crystal clear. The immunocompromised, yeah. which means the older people, people with low vitamin D, yep. people with high, and hyperinsulinemia, which means super high insulin levels, yeah. that's a death, that's a that was a death sentence. Because because it would just, you know, make your cells gonna burn sugar, you're gonna make vi viral strands, you're gonna die. You'll be see. Yeah. So yeah. But this is but this is the, you know, and this is the thing, is like you see this with your clients, getting a metabolic healthy has yeah. all these other benefits that they don't even know they're they're gaining. Mm -hmm. definitely yeah yeah I totally agree you know and I think to your point you know a lot of uh, just in general those that are prone to illness tend to have you know compromised systems you know immune systems their metabolic health to your point is compromised so then it's kind of not a surprise right to me it was uh, very right. apparent that those are the people that are going to be susceptible you know, yeah. so, um, and, and so, so moving yeah. forward, moving forward, I think hopefully there's enough people out there who are aware of that. And I think now there are, I think people are yeah. starting to realize, yeah. you know, the policy didn't, didn't focus on, on fixing the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, trying to put a bandaid on it mm -hmm. as quickly. I'm not saying nobody had bad intentions. I don't want to bag on anybody. I think mm -hmm. it's just that I think that 
you know, there was a lot of money driving certain agendas versus some of the simple things people could, if people were told that you have more control than you think of, you know, get off the crappy food, the carbohydrates, the seed oils, start oh, yeah. walking a little bit, get your vitamin D up. That's right. Uh, yeah. You know, drink more water, sleep more, more water, stress, more, stress less. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would be, exactly. and those are, these are all things we can empower people to do. Yep. Nobody was doing that. So, I mean, it sounds yeah. like a conspiracy theory thing, but it's re this is, these are real simple, no cost things. So, but Precisely. the problem is, problem is, is you're empowering people and you're not taking money out of their wallet. Exactly. Yes. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. It's free. It's free. And if you want to, if you want to take it up a notch, we get somebody like you to, to help them out. So, you know, yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Like, I think it's important that right now, because there's so much information out there and a lot of it contradicts each other. Right. And I, I don't think that anybody, I think very few of the people out there putting out a lot of health advice um, have a bad intention. Mm -hmm. they, they either have a confirmational bias or they know enough to be dangerous or it's out of context but the problem is is the average consumer doesn't know what to do right so they're they're trying to get through this massive sea of of information on what to do for their health right. um, and who do you trust and like like we just talked about a lot of people are realizing that maybe the the official party line governmental stuff might not be the best place to look for it anymore. You know, that, that I mean, we've, you know, for the last 30 years, following the dietary guidelines, following the advice, you know, we just had this new official in the White House, some doctor. Did you see that doctor? She's uh, mm -hmm. African-American. She says that diet and exercise have nothing to do with obesity. No, I didn't hear this. No, I didn't. Oh, no. Yeah, there's, there's some, wow, some that's new, crazy. new policy person in the Biden administration. Wow. Uh, I can't I can't remember who it was, but it, and I'm sure there was a little bit of hype or out of context. Sure. But she was basically saying the, oh the, yeah, that, that your diet, that di obesity is a genetic thing and you can't influence it through diet and exercise. That is crazy. It's yeah, huge. but that's the kind of so. Wow, can you really trust the, the the mainstream advice anymore? So, no, <laughs> you know, and, and and a lot of this stuff, like we talked earlier, it, the science part of it's really complex. So, mm -hmm. where are you going to mm -hmm. go? And that's where you know I think that yeah. you need to look at the people who are doing it. And I think that you know, yeah. you example, okay, I kind of want to be coached by her on my nutrition, my training, because. She's still, she's 54, yeah. still got it going, right? And, and that's right. And that's what I think is, I always, you know, I talk to a lot of athletes. Sorry, my, I thought I'd turn my phone off. Sorry, just give me one quick second to just mute it. Yeah, I turned my ringer off. I, I thought it was off and I, I can hear it vibrating. So I apologize. But, um, you know, when somebody calls me and they're interested in, in being coached, you know, they're essentially interviewing me and I'm interviewing them. But I always say, you know, it's okay if at the end of the day, you don't hire me as your coach. I mean, my feelings aren't going to be hurt because, you know, I always say it's important that you look at, you know, um, the, the philosophy of the person that's coaching you, but also that you look at 
them in terms of, you know, what, like, what do they do in terms of performance? How have they performed? Have they actually performed in the sport that you're interested in being coached in? What has, what has been their experience, but also um, how do they look? You know, just what's their lifestyle like? I mean, you have to really, in my opinion, you should take into account all of these things because it, it's, it just can't be, oh, well, you know, they ran this race and did that. Okay, well, that's great. But if they're smoking and drinking and they're not taking care of themselves and they're out late at night partying down with their friends, I'm not sure I'm going to trust that person to coach, right? Or yeah. if they've got a, a lifestyle that is, you know, counter to being um, productive and healthy. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily somebody I would suggest you go with. I mean, I don't want to sound judgy but that's to me i just think that well no but, but the person the the client's got to make a judgment on who to choose where right. where they're going to get their information whether they have a coach or whether they buy an online plan or do the whole right. 30 or right you know, and that's who they're following online and 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 the yeah. problem is is you're gonna you know you, you at the end of the day people got to find a source they can really right this works for me and and like I say, when you get a coach, ostensibly what that coach is going to do is individualize a program for you. That's why you're hiring right. a coach versus precisely. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be cookie cutter. That's the other thing is you That's right. me a cook a, a good coach is somebody who's going to engage with their athlete. Like engage. You know, I mean my That's athletes right. know that they can contact me pretty much anytime. I'm like, I'm going to respond to you. If you text me, if you call me. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm really thankful that I have amazing clients and athletes, but they know that I am, I have a door, you know, doors always open and they're respectful of my time. So they also know that I'm again, a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a career woman, but they, they're very respectful. So they, I say to them, you know what, I'm going to carve out time for you every week, which I do. So they know that um, I'm invested in their training process. Um, from beginning to end, you know, I want to see them get the results that they're looking for. You know, we set goals, we achieve them. I mean, it's measurable. So it's not just, Hey, I'm just going to send you a plan next week. I'll collect the payment, you know, their monthly fee, and then boom, I'm done with you until the next time. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. yeah. Because that's the thing. There's just so much information out there. So how do we, how do we find you? Oh, how do you find me? So you, okay. So I'm on Instagram at catch the breeze. With Instagram. a Z. With yes, a Z. With a Z. There's no, there's no E-E-S-E. -E. It's, it's catch the breeze, B-R-E-E-Z on Instagram. And also I'm on Facebook, uh, Bree Lambert Sanders. And uh, I have an athlete page there. And then you can find me at livewellfinishstrong.com. Yep. Livewellfinishstrong.com. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think we yeah. had a great conversation today. We did. It was fun. It was so nice to catch up yeah. with you. It's been a while. Yeah. So I've, it's been crazy. We got, we got a lot more stuff going on. And I'll, when I get it ready, I'll be engaging with you on that because I think it'll be some tool. We're developing some tools where coaches like you who get it about what we're doing can leverage mm -hmm. your coaching, be able to give, give your clients right. a better experience, be able to add to your revenue stream. Uh, yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited because I have, mo uh, well, not most, I can't say all of my clients. I'll say most of my clients are Vespa 
uh, Vespa users. In fact, a couple of good friends, well, one good friend of mine, Paul Marshall, I'll give him a shout out, uh, is a new ambassador for Vespa. Yay. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm- Yeah, and by the way, we made, it's just an ambassador program this year. And, you know, like athletes like you yeah. contact us about anything special you want us to do to help you out, but it's just one program. Yeah. And then like people like you, we work with on an individual basis. So don't, don't right. feel shy. Um, Cause so Bria is our elite athletes and we want to get that out there because we, you know, we have so many athletes, like I say, in their fifties and sixties who are just still, still killing it, you know, not yeah. to mention people in their twenties, thirties and forties. Yeah. Uh, but but it's like, you know, when you look at our stable of, of chronologically older athletes and what they're doing and capable of doing, I mean, I think we have, I think what we're doing is pretty well exemplary of, of, of you know, we're effectively cracking that longevity code. Definitely. I, I, I agree with you completely. I mean, yeah, you're I'm a perfect example. I mean, look at you. You're hot. You're a little hottie. <laughs> you're all hottie. I'll say that even though you're married girl and I, I know joe I'm having Joe listen to this podcast by the way i'm going to make sure he tunes in i'm going to tell him listen you have to listen to this so yeah uh, thank you i, I appreciate I have, it i have a i have an i have a i can't keep my mouth shut I just call it as i see it and i'm, <laughs> that mean I'm hitting on you brie but it's like it's like oh, it's just like no you you look you look fabulous thank you, thank and, you. i appreciate that you know it's like thanks let's continue this this journey and and Absolutely. um that's the yeah. big thing it's like like that's really what it's about folks is this everything is it's your journey and we're here to guide you you know you're, yeah. you gotta do the work you gotta do guide you and like i say whether you like it or not no matter who you are we're all entered in this ultra called life that's right. and um that's, there's no yeah. one there's no getting out of it that's right that's right yeah right. well thank you peter i appreciate it so much yeah, having thank here. you no like and, i said um, big shout out excited. to rob evans to, Yep. putting us putting us uh together right. eons ago Brie yep. was a little little resident to come and 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 dance with us but now she's 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 been on board yep totally all right yeah. take care thank you take care. thank you